Okay, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Uh, the last episode before the start of the regular season for the Toronto Maple Leafs, as we're recording right now, Tampa Bay is playing the New York Rangers. I think it's in the third period or whatever, but... As always, joined by Josh and Jason. <laughs> we are so back. Let's go. Regular season starts today. I guess started yesterday when you're listening to this. So no, it started Saturday. I guess it's yeah. You know, it started Saturday in Prague, but still no, like no Friday. Sorry, Friday in started Prague. Friday, Saturday in Prague. The but, Nashville Nashville Predators versus the San Jose Sharks in but Prague. Regardless, National Hockey League is getting played on Canadian soil as of right now as we're listening as you're listening uh, American so. soil. Oh, I guess uh, uh, <laughs> 0 for 3. All right. Today. 0 for 3 on like on mic. On mic on the beginning. <laughs> like holy smokes. All right. Well, I'm just going to stop talking then. All right. So, we're going to get into two preseason games were played for the by the Toronto Maple Leafs this past weekend, I guess Friday, Saturday against the Detroit Red Wings. They did it as they always do where the Red Wing, uh, it was Friday at home versus the Red Wings. The Leafs sent pretty much their AHL team. And then Saturday in Toronto, the Red Wings sent their AHL team and the Leafs iced their full lineup pretty much, minus a few guys here and there kind of thing. Uh, I have some thoughts from about those games, but we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the full lineup that's finally being announced for opening night. Uh, Matt Murray is the opening night starter, and Sam Sonov is going against Washington on Thursday, as we predicted. Mm, we had a debate over that. We, you were right. You had a debate. You yeah. were just wrong. Okay, you were I just was wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we go. Here we are. Over four. Because you think both of our goalies are, are just mentally I unstable. Don't, I don't think that. I never said that. I it was implied by the decisions that they were making. Do you want to put odds? If, if but wait, you wait, wait. You you implied it, and they didn't make the decision. <laughs> no, but they, yes, yeah, they, yeah. Well, they did it in the preseason. Well, the, the preseason. All right, anyways, whatever. Jason thinks our goalies, the Leafs goalies, are so mentally fragile. If you like spill water on them, they're gonna have a breakdown and have to go home. <laughs> like that guy from Benchwarmers who's afraid of the sun. That's yes. what he thinks. <laughs> <the Leafs. laughs> Matt Murray eats sunscreen. That's why his, that's why his skin looks so much better in Toronto versus when it did. Oh, I've seen a lot of tweets about that. That's Matt hilarious. Murray's prime for a good year. That's hilarious. We gotta I'm getting on that bandwagon eventually. Like the Matt Murray in one month and it's Giga Chad. <laughs> <laughs> uh for anyone who doesn't know who that is, don't look it up. I don't no, know. No, look it up. It's just a it's yeah. a guy. Guy well, with a face. You you won't be impressed. You won't laugh, and you'll think. Kind of looks like Pierre Engvall. Exactly, Honestly. it is Pierre Engvall. <laughs> but anyways, let's get into it. And then we're gonna do some standings projections or predictions, I suppose, at the end of this episode. I know we did talk about the the lines and the over under for points earlier, but we're gonna give our predictions where where we think everyone's where the cards are gonna fall. Is yeah. that where or the chips are gonna fall? I suppose, yeah. but. Let's get into it. I got a good look this past weekend. We got to see Dennis Malgin, Adam Gaudet, and Rasmus Sandin in both of the games. The first game I want to get into first, we saw Ilya Samsonov play. Full 60 minutes against an NHL team. He's been playing against the better competition versus Matt Murray in the preseason. Um, and, I mean, he's, he's fared okay. I had my thoughts I gave last episode, but... This game, I do want to say, I thought he played pretty well. The 
There was one goal that I would say, mm, you really could have read this a lot better, and that was the Elmer Soderblom goal. I mean, the Tyler Bertuzzi one, I'll get into in a second. And then on top of that, there was one goal, it was like, it was a perfect screen. I mean, they had five foot seven Max Ellis in front of the net trying to defend. I mean, the guy just stood there and Sam Sonoff did not see it at all, but he made a couple really big saves in there too. Nick Robertson did save a goal too. That was a, that was a highlight that was kind of hidden in there. He pulled it right off the goal line, which was really, really nice. But I thought Sam Sonoff played pretty well. I mean, as I mentioned, two of the goals, no, not really much of a chance. And then one of them could have been a little bit better, but made some really nice saves. He's pretty quick, I would say. Um, but again, like I haven't seen too, too much of a change from last year. The upper body's still not the most, I want to say, the form on the upper body isn't the, the best, I'll call it. I still think he, he it, it moves a little bit too much when he goes down. But overall, pretty good game. And I think he could put up, Decent numbers. I, I still think he's an NHL goalie, and if the Leafs' defense stays healthy, I still think he could put up some sufficient numbers behind this Leafs' defense. I mean, again, want to hammer this home. 23-12-1 behind 890 goaltending last year, right? And Sam Sonov, the defense that he had last year in Washington was a pretty big gong show. I'll say that. I mean, I, I watched one of the games. I was going through and trying to watch one of the games. His Two defensemen that were on the ice got a two-on-one the other way. Just to give you an idea of where they were playing up and down the ice. I think it was Orlov and Jensen, too. And then Carlson's obviously not the most prolific defensive defenseman there is. But overall, Samsonov looked pretty good in this one. Um, I do want to say Rasmus Sandin, we got his first taste of preseason in this one. Um, You know, I'm really glad he got two preseason games in because it... It looked like he was all over the place. He scored, but that was he scored after he gave up like three good chances back the other and way. And what side of the ice was he playing on in the preseason game? He scored from the right side. I actually can't. I think he might have been on the right side. I'd I assume so. So maybe, maybe we'll chalk it up to that, playing on the right side. Yeah, he was a bit all over the place. Seemed like timing wasn't great. The passes, some of them weren't, uh, you know, tape to tape like we've seen from Rasmus Sandin. I thought Saturday he had a better game, but... Friday, maybe trying to do it a little bit too much, trying to, you know, just get fully immersed into it. I mean, you missed almost the whole preseason, so just try to try to get cat caught up. It wasn't a concern, but I will say, like, it, it just didn't look good. I was like, okay, glad you're getting this out now because if you were doing this Wednesday against Montreal, uh, your ass would be in the jackpot, we'll call it. But, again, Nick Robertson, Dennis Malgan had assists in this one. I thought Adam Gaudet looked better in these last two games not that he deserved a roster spot better but a little bit better than what we had seen before kind of thing he had a nice assist to Nick Abruzzese there um I had one more point oh and my overarching point that I wanted oh I guess no let me backtrack the Elmer Soberblom goal I thought where am I going right now Ooh, we're going in circles (laughs) anyways my overarching point that I wanted to get into, the Tyler Bertuzzi goal and then look at the Pius Suter goal from this past weekend. You probably won't because there were two preseason games and who cares, the, end of this, the regular season has started. That's why you're going to tell us, though. I'm going to tell you. The one thing to keep an eye out with these goals, both of them, look how much time and look how much space and look at where the, the, both of these players were able to get off these shots. 
Both players are pretty good. They can score. How many goals? Look up how many goals Pius Suter had these past two years. 15 last year, 14 the year before, and only 55 games. So he has 29 goals in 137 games. So that's okay. It's not like he's the most prolific goal That'd scorer. That'd be one of the better goal scorers on our team. Okay. They would. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Give him some credit. Yeah. That's a pretty good. That's not bad. It's better like, than Kerfoot, better than Engvall. Those are good. What's that, like an 18-goal pace? Look that up. Well, but and so then Tyler Bertuzzi is around like a 20, 25-goal goal scorer, right? Mm-hmm. He has a pretty hard shot, I would say, too. Both of these guys, when they were given time and space, what? All no, right. Keep going. They were both given time. They were both given space. Both of them put it pin perfect off of like the middle of the post and in, giving the goalie almost no chance. Like Matt Murray on Pius Suter's goal, that hit almost dead center of the post. Like he, I don't know how much better he could have played that. The shot was fantastic. And that's one thing I want everyone to keep an eye out for this coming year. I understand expected goals. It's all oh, that's, uh, you know, it's a statistic that helps to give more information about where the shot came from right not all shots are the same yep when a player an nhl player is given time and space with the puck it's they've they're gonna score <laughs> they're definitely much more likely to much score. more likely to score right no stick in the in in front of their face no like when they're given that time in that space the odds of them scoring go up that much more Right, and I think those two goals were beautiful examples of that, because they just placed the puck so well in those situations. But um, Saturday game, I mean, Dennis Malgin scored a highlight real goal. Take a look; we posted that Twitter, Instagram, very nice goal. And then we put some preseason highlights for Dennis Malgin on the YouTube channel as well. But yeah, nothing. These two games didn't really tell you what you already knew. I mean, Malgin had a couple great offensive plays this weekend. You know what? On the first Detroit Red Wings goal, he kind of gaffed defensively as well. Something that I've been saying time and time again with him. I mean, his defensive game needs work, but offensive game, I'm happy that he's on the roster, we'll call it. Right? So, let's let's take a look at uh, opening day roster slash moves. So, uh, to start, Timothy Lilgren is on LTIR, uh, I believe. Is Carl Dahlstrom on season-ending IR? Season-opening IR. Season-opening S-O-I-R. IR. I don't know. I think you mentioned that. He's he, out for a while. He has to be put on that because he was injured in preseason. Is that I correct? I could not find the actual definition. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that's what it is. Okay. But Jamie Benn is also on LTIR, correct? Yes, Jamie... Uh, Jordy Ben Jordy is on, ben. on LTIR. It's Timothy Lilligan and Jordy Ben are the two players on LTIR. And then Carl, Carl Dahlstrom is on SOIR along with five other Marley players. But they Mikhail Abramov, Abramov, Wall. Kressler, Wall, Rindell, and Amarov. But they all car- count zero toward... I, I, I don't know. This is a weird funk with the cap. They all count towards zero against the cap. But For Car- SOIR? Yes, but Carl Dahlstrom counts at 78,000 against I think it depends how many games you played last year. Ah, that makes sense. Okay, interesting. Dahlstrom got like three or something or okay. five last year. So. Okay. Wool got five games, though. Probably different. Maybe. For I think it has something to do Colts. with how many preseason games you played, maybe. Because maybe. Dahlstrom played preseason. Those guys didn't. Maybe. Who knows? Honestly, it's... It was could very... I could not find. Too, maybe because yeah. his wall has a two-way, correct? Wool yeah. is exempt. Exempt. Yeah. Waiver exempt. Abramov is waiver exempt. Kressler is waiver exempt. All of those guys are waiver exempt. Mm-hmm. So that's a very good point there, too. But, 
Yeah. Who knows? Anyways. So with the opening day lineup, Jason, can you pull up what's uh, what are the lines looking like? I'll just say it from my head. All right. So first line, Matthews, Marner, Bunting. Nothing yes. has changed there. Second line, that's the biggest change. So Dennis Malgan, quote unquote, and I'm doing air quotes, beat out Nick Robertson. For that second line left wing spot to play with John and Tavares. why did he beat him up? And William Nylander. You tell me. I've been talking too much. No. <laughs> well, as Joe has... Oh, I wanted you to tell me because as you said last episode and maybe even the episode before that. Yeah. Possibly. We talked about it. Because Nick Robertson is waiver exempt and because Dennis Malgan is not, and there is a chance that they would have lost him on waivers. And if you're sitting at home saying, why would anyone claim Dennis Malgan? Well, A, he had a really good preseason. And B, Elliot Friedman said on his podcast that someone would have claimed Dennis Malgan. So that's probably true. But with all these factors coming into play, the even if it's a 5% chance he got claimed, the Leafs clearly valued Dennis Malgan. So he's going to start the year on the second line with Tavares and Nylander. We'll get into that a bit later. Mm-hmm. The third line, which is another interesting line, I would say, is Pierre Engvall. Alex Kerfoot is centering the line as of right now. And Callie Yarncroc playing the wing. Yep. And the fourth line is the line that I really wanted and I'm very happy we got, which is newly signed Zach Aston Reese. Mm-hmm. Defensive stalwart, David Camp. And offensive dynamo. And <laughs> Stanley Cup champion, Nicholas Obey Kubel, to make what may be the best fourth line in the NHL. The AKA. The I don't know. Eh. No? Yeah. A- AKA. What what is it AKA for? Also known as the best defensive the best line fourth in line in the NHL. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, those are the lines. And then D, the defensive pairings are what we projected last time with without much discussion, which was Riley Brody, Muzzin Hall, Giordano Sandin, Lilgren on LTIR, the two goalies that we've talked about a lot. And that is your opening night roster for the yes. Toronto Maple Leafs. And yes. so with this roster being in place, what does that mean for when Timothy Lilgren comes back in 10 games or 24 days? Are you days? asking me as if I yes. know the answer? Because I have no idea what the answer is. Well, the answer is there is no answer. They're kicking the can down the road. And 100%. We're going to see what happens. Yeah. Is it possible that Timothy Lilgren's injury is worse than they are letting on? Probably. I don't think so because oh. he's skating. <laughs> he's skating right now. Well, We've oh, seen videos man. of him full equipment skating. Oh, God. I don't know. It's a hernia. It takes a month or whatever, a, f- a month and a half or whatever, 68 weeks to, to get over. And, yeah, I think in November we'll see him back. Yeah. If it if it takes longer than that, I'm going to be mad with the lease because potential finagling going on. I'm not saying that they are, but if you're going to finagle Timothy Lilligren, you should have finagled Jake Muzzin. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, they are absolutely kicking the can down the road. But if what what's, what what's what's the move that makes the most sense for them? I guess just – Moving Justin Hall if they end up eventually. I don't. I don't know if so, that does make the most sense. This is what I've wanted to debate. I've seen we we always we've seen for so long. Get rid of Kerfoot. Get rid of Justin Hall. Use that cap space for. I don't know. A lot of people were suggesting to sign players that were bad, objectively bad. I would say, uh, but a player that has been popping up a little more often than I saw before is Pierre Engvall. Trading him. Oh, Any thoughts on that? You're going to break the kid's heart. Well, <laughs> you're going to break Here's, here's why I don't think it chance. makes sense. Okay. They don't have that much center depth to begin with. Oh, my God. We're he has go played this center again. before. We are absolutely not. No, I'm ending that Mitch Marner has played center before in the, the, the you OHL. You know who would play center before Pierre Engvall? Callie Yarncroc, who actually played center last year. 
Okay. So they actually do have center depth. Okay. I'm not going to let you slip this by again. Okay, but here's... And Jason, here's, Jason, I, I, just to sort of pile on you here, but who is practicing at center ice in the in camp, during camp, uh, this past camp, I would say, and not over Pierre Engvall? I don't know. Who, William, William Nylander. Okay. So... <laughs> Fantastic, but if you if you move, okay, wait, hold on. No, here's the thing: I agree with you about Engvall, but I'm going, not going to yeah. let you do the center point. Okay, so if you move Pierre Engvall, then you just have the same problem on your hands because you have 11 forward and seven defensemen. So who do you get rid of now? Because you don't have enough cap space to bring anyone up. You only clear 200. That's that is a great point. 250 thousand dollars worth. That's 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 all you get. And I agree with you. That is a really good point. So let me just quickly do the oh, math because okay. I did that in my head. He, you got really fired up like we were going to going to disagree. I agree. I actually don't know how P- trading Pierre Engvall right now it doesn't. helps you. That's the answer. But it has nothing to do with But he can you. still but he can still play center. It doesn't matter. He still has, the ab- still has the ability to do it. No, I agree. I you just do the mental math. It's almost it's not the exact I had a doing good point. You just started off really shitty. It's not the exact same <laughs> as doing the difference between Engvall and Lilligren's cap it, but it kind of is. That's what would be left over, really. I yeah. believe so. Yeah. He's locked so, in. He's logged into cap friendly. He's yeah, going into I'm, full I'm Dubasite. In, yeah. He's going into Dubasite mode. So with that, but here's the question. If Dennis Malgin plays really well, for example, yeah. does that they're completely different players, but does that then make an Engvall or Kerfoot trade possible with Robertson coming up to replace that? forward depth in whatever capacity you may see fit yeah uh so you know what you actually can move him and have have enough guys on your roster so it works you can do it oh, look at that. but does that help you i don't know is that the best like if dennis is. malgan isn't good and then nick robertson comes up and kind of i don't want to say stumbles but let's say he's solid you trade engval who's like you're kind of you who's still coming, have 17 who's, you who's still playing in the top guy. nine i don't know I guess Robertson doesn't matter though. Pierringville stinks, right? No, like, no one here said that. Said you that. you got upset because you keep saying he could play center. He can't play center. You he played a little bit of center in the past. He has not played center for the Leafs in a long time, and the Leafs <laughs> gave two million dollars approximately for four years 2. to 1. a player who has played almost predominantly center his whole career. Yes, exactly. Uh, so that's a that's an I mean. Okay, I mean it's a fair point. I mean, it so doesn't uh, either could work, but I, I I don't really see them moving Engvall. Yeah, but like it's it's just a thought kind of thing. I mean, I currently don't see them moving anyone because it seems like they're hugging some of these guys and never letting them go. Even though um, all three players that we just mentioned, Hall, Kerfoot, and Engvall, are one year from free agency, so I don't see all of them coming back next year, right? Yeah, but I, I, yeah, who knows of? Yeah, you said Hall, Engvall, Kerfoot, but yeah. you know you could throw in. There's a lot of free agents on the Leafs next year, so whether they yeah. like it or not, some of these guys are going to go. So it may 100%. come down to a thing where if you're in a cap crunch mid-season, is it worth it to get something for one of these guys, maybe, and just cut losses, even if it's a second round pick, a third round pick, a prospect, a minors player. Fourth. Maybe. I mean, we saw the Panthers trade Jimmy VC for a fourth to make cap room for Claude Giroux, Ben Chirot. But these guys are better. I wouldn't want to trade Pierre Engvall for a fourth round pick. I wouldn't. I, I don't think that helps you immediately. Uh, wow. But then the, the move would... <laughs> You're being ridiculous. <laughs> okay. You know that. <laughs> the move would be move Pierre Engvall for a whatever, a fifth or... God knows what, what, but then your the move would be to bring in a better player. But then why did you sign Pierre Engvall? Because he's 
or else you would have lost them for nothing. I don't know. Arbitration, exactly. You would have lost them for nothing. So and you and because you went to arbitration. No, did it go to arbitration fully? I thought it did. It was, it was going close. to. It was it like was a couple days to. away. Yes, exactly. I'm just wondering. Like, what, so you would have lost like, it for nothing. Why would they, why would they grind it out? Give them $2.25 million, which in my opinion for one year is like a well, solid I, deal for Engvall. It's not bad for the least, yeah. but it's solid for him. Like, yeah. And then you just, you're just going to trade him 10 days in because you don't have any cap room, even though you willingly signed all of these players. Yeah. It's a mystifying situation. Yeah, really and al- and also you got to think to yourself like, I think the Leafs' plan in the future at the end of the season is going to be to bring in Matthew Nice. So there's, there's, I, I would think so. Ooh, there, so point. I wonder. I forgot about it. Maybe, that's a great point. Maybe they do want to do that. I do want to make space in that. Yeah, I don't know. They think that Matthew Nice. Maybe it's, it depends on the development of him. On they definitely want to test it for sure. But well, if he doesn't come this year, then people are going to be worried, very upset. Well, or yeah. not only Matthew Nice, maybe even a trade deadline acquisition. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but that's why, I'm, like, some of the guys that you have in the middle six are valuable for a trade deadline ac- acquisition because they have money that can be moved out, right? Mm-hmm. Or even I wonder. I mean, he's doing okay right now, but Roni Hirvinen, once that Liga season ends, I don't know. He, he, he's okay. Be a fourth line kind of player. Yeah, six points in in ten Liga games. I don't see that one. No. Okay. He's all right. I like, I like him as a, as a, prospect, as a prospect, yeah. right? Maybe he comes over this year to the so AHL. So if you had to say, like... Yeah, I think he will. There's clearly a, a rubber meets the road moment here mm-hmm. for the Leafs and their salary cap. Who's What's going to happen, actually? Let's, let's because we've literally kicked the can down the road yeah. until November. Yeah. So we're reevaluating until November, and then probably, like, what if everyone is still healthy? Right? Like... Do you hope for a major injury, knock on wood, God forbid, major injury elsewhere? No. Where you're then, okay, then we can move someone, one of these expendable players. But, like, who's the most expendable player? Which uh, player would you say right now? This, I'm posing this as a question. Which player would you say right now, if the Leafs were to move off of their roster, would be, if you had to, you had to move one player, you move them off the roster, and it, it's, you're maximizing the value of the Toronto Maple Leafs, if that makes sense. I think. Well, it's impossible. You, but that 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 isn't. So you're no, no, no It's you're maximizing the value if you have to move one. You have to take off one player, and you're leaving the Leafs. What do you think? If which player, if you take pick them off of the roster, leaves the Leafs at the best. I I don't know yeah, how to word this. Someone I, else do. No, I agree. <laughs> Long term <laughs> development wise, it's Justin Hall. Because that okay. guarantees that your two young defensemen are going to be playing every day. There we go. And they're going to be developing properly. Did my question make sense? I yes. 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 Okay. Um, but cap-wise, it's Alex Kerfoot just because he has the most money owed of all these expendable players, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I think with the, the defense thing, moving Justin Hall, like I, this team has shown that they do value depth at positions, and I don't think that we have an organizationally the depth at defenseman, other than the top seven that we have right now, where unless a move is made, where we could like feel comfortable if one player gets hurt in the playoffs, starting someone. I think they're. I think we've seen in the past they value those things a lot. So I think that's why the Justin Hall thing. And I think I've I I feel like I've said it all summer. I just had a gut feeling we're not going to move them. And I think that's like that might make sense. The only way we move them is I think if we get. Someone who can like fit in as a seventh D, but who knows? They they also did bring in. I'm forgetting they brought in Jordy Ben and Victor Mete. Yeah. So maybe it is. Maybe it is moving Justin Hall. 
So yeah, I think the I'm just talking circles. No, but that, that's <laughs> well, you know, there's no point. So it yeah. has to be a circle. There, like nobody knows. Essentially, nobody but, really. And you're assuming that they have a plan in place mm-hmm. because doing all this without a plan would be crazy. Yes. Exactly. So I think in the end, like moving Alex Kerfoot, it's the biggest cap hit. What are you then going to do with that salary that's left over is the question. But long-term development-wise, moving Justin Hall, then you give your young defenseman a, cha- uh, a chance to, to prove themselves, right? Yes. I don't think you would move both. That just wouldn't really make any sense. I mean, you do need depth through the regular season. Injuries are inevitable right but honestly at this point looking at the current cap structure of the least i would be surprised if both kerfoot and justin hall are on the lease past the trade deadline i i would be surprised i think it's a greater than 50 percent chance that one of those two guys are traded before the trade deadline mm-hmm. is that fair fair yeah because if the if this is truly like kyle dubas's last contract year this is the year they have to do it. they they're going to make a splash at the trade deadline so I don't there, it's, unless there's an LTIR. So that's the only thing is if there's an LTIR situation. Yeah, and honestly, I think maybe people were right with the Pierre Engvall thing. I don't know because those two guys both have modified no trade clauses in Justin Hall and Alexander Kerfoot. So maybe it's not even an, not that it's not even an option, but maybe the teams that but are interested in those guys yeah, might not even be, you might not even be able to that's move true. them. So it might just be a process of elimination thing. Looking at the guy who has the next highest cap, who you can move, right? You're not mm-hmm. going to move David Camp. You're not going to move. Uh, really anyone else on this roster, right? Like Dennis Malgan has no effect. Car- Cali Yarncrook, why would you move him? You just signed him to a four-year deal. That <laughs> four makes, years. No, that makes literally they no are, sense. They're, mm-hmm. they're uh, like, uh, other than like a massive trade, which you would never do mid-season. Like, yeah. no, that's suck what if makes we got the most to, sense. If we got to the, the trade deadline and Kyle Dubas was just like, and here we go. I hope you're hungry <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> Shout out to Nathan Fielder. That, I mean, I hope not. But the thing about Pierre Engvall that Jason made a, a good point about eventually is that he has a lot of versatility. He really does. I'm not talking about center, but I'm, I think from line, depending, depending on how you sort your lines, from line two to four, you could play on really any line because he has some really solid um, Physical tools. And yes, it's, tools. Not, it's not skills. I don't want to say skill set because I don't want to. Overhyped, but he has tools that make him yes. really good, skater, good on a- right? almost any line other than where you can, an elite You can line. theorize and it makes sense where you put him. Okay, I think theoretically you could put him with John Tavares. He makes up for that foot speed. He's able to defensively clean up in the neutral zone, which is pretty effective. Like that makes sense. You can put him down in the lineup, defensive responsibility. Yeah. The whole shebang, but that that's where that's a good point. Actually, I just thought about a good way to articulate it. Pierre Engvall could be the worst player on our second line and also be the best player on our fourth line, mm-hmm. and it would work in both scenarios. Yeah. Dennis Malgin being the best player on your fourth line that could be a checking or defensive line does problem. not work. That's a problem. Dennis Malgin is either going to be the third best player on your second line and it's going to work, or he's going to be off the team. Probably. Alex Gatchenyuk. It's that. See what it's I mean? Yeah, That's Kyle the Chen, good thing yeah. about Engvall is he could, and he could be a third line winger. That's an easy role, but he can contribute in that role. Mm-hmm. He, I think he could, if you want to split it up and put Nylander on a on a different line with an Engvall and a Kerfoot or a Yarnkrok. That could work. I don't know. I don't know if it will, but it could work as well. That's where his versatility comes in. That's why I think they signed him. Really, 
He's a Swiss Army knife. He Does also can play power play. Like not he's not played not power play. not like amazingly well. He's been on their power play too, and, and he's, he's a good penalty. Killer. Great penalty killer. Yeah, literally and metaphorically. I think you lose Engvall the depth. It's not a massive hit, but he did score 15 goals last year. Zero in the playoffs. I agree. I don't think he was effective in the playoffs, but he could develop. He could get better. Who knows? I think that's a guy you don't want to lose yet this year. Mm-hmm. Until you see what else could come in, until you see what Malgin does, for example, or Robertson, that's probably a guy you're going to try to hold on to. Yeah, he definitely doesn't drive the bus, but he helps push it along, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't even know how to. <laughs> I started off the analogy well in that he doesn't drive the bus, but he helps it. Puts gas in the in the bus. I guess I don't know. He puts the gas in. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's a, a part of the team. Part of the team. He's not useless. He buys the donuts. Yeah. So <laughs> moving on from Engvall, like yes. first line's locked in. It's it's awesome. Like we don't have to worry about it. Are you guys surprised that they're going with Tavares and Nylander to start this year? Yes or no? Mm, not really. Okay. I mean, I was kind of getting hyped up because they were like, oh, let's try Kerfoot, uh, Nylander, and Robertson together, and they were mixing it up. I mean, we saw. Nylander, Holmberg, Malgin, we saw the whole shebang. We saw a bunch of different combinations, but then you also had to take into account they didn't have Tavares in camp. First yeah. game, they actually they separated Nylander, Tavares, but, I mean, it was the first game in, an, in a split squad, uh, split squad game, right? So that's kind of why, but it kind of makes sense that they did, and then they're giving them a different look. Um, with Dennis Malgin along that side. I mean, they haven't tried it in two years, and hopefully Dennis Malgin is better. Not hopefully. If he's not, then he will be gone by the end of the first period on a bat, on a bus all the way down to Coca-Cola Coliseum. But I think with trying those different combinations, uh, if Nylander Tavares doesn't work relatively quickly, I think we're going to see a change, right? But I'm not surprised that they tried it again. Frustrated? No, because we've seen it work, and I feel like maybe if you add that different third piece, that it'll finally something will work, right? I mean, he's a little bit different from Kerfoot. He's a little bit different from uh, who else did they try there? He's very different from Nick, Nick Ritchie. They tried Mikheyev there. He's a little bit different from Mikheyev. Even like, Engvall a bit. Did they? I for a, a little bit. I I swear, maybe not. Yeah, I think I a think you're bit. right. I think you're right. I just can't remember. Bunting for a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. They did, yes, I remember that. So, oh, Kasha as well. That was Kasha. That mm. was a mm. didn't quite work. But yeah, but. a revolving door. Mm-hmm. What What do you think of Malgin over Robertson? Did they the put Galchenyuk there? Oh yeah, yeah, that's who it was. Okay. Uh, say, say that again, sorry. Malgin over Robertson. I. Uh, that's just like uh, we talked about it. There's, it's like an organizational move. Not I don't I don't even know if it's a coaching decision. The way that the quotes were tweeted out by reporters it seems like that Sheldon Keith's maybe I'm reading too much into it I don't know maybe it seemed like his choice would have been Robertson I don't know if that's true I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it Ty goes to the veteran exactly and but like it's not a vet that's the frustrating part kind of for like if you're excited about Nick Robertson it's like it's not a veteran it's a guy who was playing in the Swiss League for the past two years and you acquired him in a trade two years ago and he did not work out at all and that's why he ended up in the Swiss League and now we're giving him Time over Nick Robinson. But again, like you guys said, it's either he's going to play or he's not. Like, right? And we're going to know pretty quickly if he does well. I'm going to bring up some stats. I know it was only eight games, small sample size, 40 minutes of time on X. But together, at, at the very least, 
They were winning the expected goals battle. Who's this? Who? Sorry, Malgin, Nylander, Tavares. In this tiny sample of eight games, like that, three years ago, three years ago, I it's the only it's the only thing we can go off of. So, and we know that last year we got we, preseason tape now. Yeah, we got preseason, but we know that last year during the regular season we were extremely unimpressed with how William Nylander and John Tavares played together. Even though unimpressed at times, at times, yes, they were very hot and cold. And yes. if if you look from what, what was it from January onward, they were losing the expected goal battle. They were losing the the score chance battle they're losing the course c4 battle I, I don't remember this is just off my memory i don't have the numbers to pull them up yeah it wasn't directly but they they were underwhelming to say the least so at the very least they were able to control the expected goals they, they look not they, they look like a, a, a line that worked i test though completely different story if i'm re- remembering it correctly they look terrible together so I, I don't even remember honestly that's that's probably part of the reason i remember it was just a lot of nothing <laughs> yeah like a lot of nothing really but i mean yeah i think i'm i'm excited to see this this new look and i i think it will be short lived kind really? of thing, if it doesn't work so okay i i, I have a bunch of like not uh, some philosophical things yeah. here one the hardest thing for us to do Joey and i Jason as well we like drafts like the nhl drafts very interesting the nfl is a very interesting draft the big um independent variable that you can never predict is okay. How's the development going to work? And how's we're like Nick Ritchie last year, for example, I know I'm going from draft to free agency, but it's the same thing. Nick Ritchie, they signed him. They didn't really have a good plan for him to be fair on top of the fact he wasn't very good and it just didn't work out immediately. Yeah. For Dennis Malgan, it's almost like this is Kyle Dubas is like, I'm going to rub it into people that Dennis Malgan's actually good. Cause you could not put him in a better spot. Yeah. yeah, like you are putting him on a second line with Tavares and Nylander that if you look at the rest of the Leafs lines is set up to have, I'm sorry, some of the easiest minutes in the NHL. You have the best line in hockey that is going to at any point that the other team can put their best line against guaranteed. You have a specific defensive only line with David Camp, Nicholas Obey, Kubel and Zach Aston Reese that are going to take the majority of the defensive zone draws. And on top of that, you have a line with Engvall, Kerfoot, and Yarncroft that is competent enough in all three zones to, you know, maybe play some tougher minutes that could that even... That line's got some speed, too. Yeah, yeah, and that could open up even more where you're talking about they're looking at the other team's second or third line every night. Third and fourth line. Maybe almost. third and fourth, even. Honestly. Like any, any fourth line defense. Probably the other yeah. team's third line. Yeah. So this is... And he's playing with two guys that are NHL All-Stars. So... If Dennis Malgan doesn't work Nylander's on this, Nylander's never line, been an All Star. Really? I don't think should so. Should no. be. If he doesn't work out on this line, I mean, it's like not embarrassing, but he's, he was never going to be good ever. Yeah, and also it's, this is yeah. it's funny because he's getting the Galchenyuk treatment, but Galchenyuk, to be fair, at least he had the draft capital, he had the history of actually good NHL seasons. Dennis Malkin has played like what draft pedigree? Draft pedigree. Yeah. Sorry, um, but Dennis Malkin has hasn't even played. I don't even I don't know how many games he's played in the NHL. Less than eighty. But even Has he like, ever played a full season? Like, and he's getting this treatment. No. This is just a me frustrating thing again. I still think they are they way too much ignore their prospects. I think Nick Robertson should have this spot, even if you lose Dennis Malgan. Honestly, uh, that's what I would have done. I have not watched a lot of preseason. I have not watched a lot of Dennis Malgan. I hope he's very good. This is giving me the indication that he is going to be very good, because yeah. to keep Nick Robertson down after. What I've been told of his preseason play, he he should be yeah. pretty good. I look at Dylan Holloway in Edmonton. Mm. 
Dylan Holloway is playing on the second line with Leon Dreisaitl to start the year. Yep. What about Colorado? Alex Newhook. Alex Newhook played last year. But he played. But he still played yeah. though. But he yeah. still played for Colorado. He played in the playoffs. He's playing on the second line. Now there, he's playing on the second line. He played depth before. There's players. prospects that are playing, and I would just like to see Nick Robertson play. Yes. I'm not. I don't know who's better, Malgin or him. I don't. My own personal bias as a Leaf fan, I would rather see Robertson yeah. play. And I understand that. However, my thing is like Malgin played well enough, and he showed enough on, on in several different in different zones in different ways. Not just scoring, but. You know, he was willing to throw the body. He was bringing the puck up the ice. He was not, like, trying to do too much. At times, chipping it in the corner, winning the puck race, winning the puck battle there. Like, he did a lot of different things where it's like, and he had six points in five games to boot, right? Yeah. And he scored a highlight real goal on Saturday on top of that. Like, there, there was a lot of different things where it's like, damn, like, I would really like to see this guy. And I got that in the comments, too. I would really like to see this guy in the regular season. It's unfortunate totally that we fair. don't have enough space for Nick Robertson as well because I think he had, he played very, very well too. However, one requires waivers, one doesn't, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's totally fair. I completely understand. But again, it's like almost like the management version. Like you're kind of yeah. greasing the wheel for yourself. Like, yeah, yeah I signed Malgan. You all criticizing. Well, I'm just going to put him on the second line. And even if he plays bad, he'll probably have like four or five points in 10 games and we can keep him up. So, I mean, I hope that's not the reasoning. But, again, I agree that with what Sheldon Keefe said. It was almost like we didn't really want to send Robertson down, but we had to. But, yes. On, and then on the other hand is you had to because of Dennis Malgin, who you signed for 750 k who nobody in the NHL wanted the last two years. So but, did now, you have do they, to, but now do people want him? Apparently, but I... I how hurt would you about be about losing Dennis Malgan? Maybe he's the missing piece. I'd Hopefully. be hurt because he would you'd go to another team and light it up. Like mm. it's just the way that yeah he did. The that already like, happened for the Richard. Leafs. However, that, so, Dennis Malgan left before and lit it up in Europe. So. In Europe, yes. Nick Ritchie left and had 14 goals in 24 games. Mason Marchment left and just <laughs> turned into a superstar. I do want to well, say they though, they traded Mason Marchment. Yes, exactly. They traded Nick Ritchie. Who they too. trade him for? Dennis Malgan. They traded Nick Ritchie too. They did, but, but I, like Nick. The Ritchie one thing just I do want to bring up that you said he's going to have four or five points in ten games. That's that falls into a player archetype that I absolutely hate because they are the most overvalued players in the league, and that is one-dimensional players that need to be in the top six that don't produce to that level. William Nylander is a top six. He's a top three player, yeah, I would say. Sure. He's, a, he's a first line player, 85 points. John Tavares, 77 points in 79 games. Like, you can even criticize, okay, Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrincat, even Dylan Strom. Well, Dylan Strom's on the lower end, so we'll, we'll leave him out of that. But those guys, they didn't have all oh, the one dimensional sort of game. They don't really have the defensive game, but they provide enough offense and enough on the power play where it's like, we can sacrifice that, right? Players like, you remember. I want to say Athanasiu. What about he Sonny does Milano? Not, that's another great yeah, one. He's, I was getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting there. Sorry. But, like, Athanasiu is that kind of player. Like, we'll see with Dylan Strom in Washington kind of thing. It's like, why? Like, you have to put them into the top six. Their numbers are decent. You'll look at the end of the season and go, wow, this guy had 40 points. Okay, but if he was on the third line, 
he would have been an atrocity, mm-hmm. right? So if he gets if he has five points in ten games and he's still not showing anything in the defensive end, no, I, I'd say you need to switch him out. You need to put in Nick Robertson for him. Yeah, and again, it'd be nice if he's really good. But if he's really good, what if we get Galchenyuk two point where he's there in the playoffs, and then you're like, wait a sec, maybe this wasn't the best guy for that spot. You know what I mean? Like so. What's the end game? He, like it's almost like he blows everyone away, and he's like a sixty-point Michael to. Bunting piece on that second line. Has That's to. like the only outcome, right? Has to be like fifty-five point six points per game at least. Yeah, at I least. agree. I agree. There's no other outcome for him. Or else it's like you're keeping a prospect down that could be using that spot. And I mean, I have all the confidence in the world that Nick Robertson's going to blow the AHL out of the water. Yeah. He's gonna be taking he could be taking slap shots from the blue line all, all day. They'll go in. He's ripping the puck right now. So why would you for a guy like a point every other game in your top six that can't play defense and you're keeping your prospect down? No, 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 no. That's what maybe you, he gains enough value you can trade him, right? But exactly what Jason said, like Sonny Milano, point every point every other game. Couldn't crack the, the flames on a PTO. Why? Can't play defense. Not a strong skater. Not a very fast skater. Like 72% offensive zone draws. Played with Trevor Zegris. Like there was a lot missing to his game. And it was uh, an inefficiency to have him on that roster in that spot. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point because we are so like, I don't know. I can't think of the word for it. Hockey, there's 82 games. Yeah. We're, you're we're, not going to watch every single player. There's going to be players that you're just going to look at hockey reference for. And, like, that's fine. We all – I do that. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, but yeah. yeah. It, it is interesting to see when it happens, but it's there is a reason behind it. Yeah, and I think I think us as Leafs fans are just so eager. That's the word I was looking for, to, get, to fill that spot. But like you said, we can't have that situation where, okay, this guy's good enough, so he's in. Right yes. with Dennis Malkin, like we we would rather see a complete player potentially leave the hole for. I'm not saying Matthew Nye is gonna gonna play on that line when he gets in, but again, like a a guy who can come up and play there. Like we but, don't want we don't want to be in a situation where we say Dennis Malkin is good enough and we don't we don't want good enough. Exactly. If we, you get good enough, yeah. you just put Nick Robertson. Exactly. And he develops. Exactly. It's a crazy there thing. Your go. prospects develop. Exactly. I, and I I don't want to. Dennis Malkin to block prospects yeah. from developing or block potentially a trade deadline acquisition or block those things. Yeah. If that I could put that one, the loop very if well. I could put one more point on it too. Dennis Malkin's reason going forward to block Nick Robertson shouldn't be because he has to go through waivers. No, no, no. That cares? that's after today, who that's cares? not the reason anymore. No. It's strictly because of play. One more thing I wanted to add about the Leafs forwards, which is an interesting little thing that I hope they keep these two players together all year. And here's why. If you're not going to trade Kerfoot, I want him and Yarncroft to stay on the same line. Hmm. Alex Kerfoot is a lefty. Cal Yarncroft is a righty. Both of those guys can take faceoffs on their strong side, and they also both penalty Ooh. kill. And I believe I saw Jonas Siegel. And they can some- play defense. I saw someone say that they're running as the PK2 right now. So I, I, the other reason I like that is if those two can find some instant chemistry together, Playing with Pierre Engvall, that's great. Again, we talked about Engvall. He can go up and down the lineup. Maybe that would be a good spot to put a William Nylander if you want to split up the top six. What mm. Jason said, maybe in the future, that's a good spot for Matthew Nice. Adds a little forechecking and tenacity to a duo that's already good defensively and responsible. And now you're looking at a third line with Kerfoot and Yarncroft 
who all year have developed this chemistry, left one takes lefty draws, one takes righty draws, good defensively, play together on the penalty kill too. And suddenly you have a decent little third line without putting William Nylander there. Just something to envision in the future, possibly. I like that. No, that's that's really good. That's um, really smart. I like that you brought up the lefty righty and flight faceoffs. I feel like that flies under the radar. Yeah. Because it does give you a slight edge. Absolutely. Um, I I do want to track it more this year. However, it's just hard it's, to do. It's, it's so hard to do. It's so tough. Well, Last that, year, I had to I had to scrape the NHL play by play. I had to go through each one and like put it into Excel and like figure everything out from there. It took hours just to figure out that the Leafs went. Did not only didn't win a draw on the right side because they had all left centermen, but they didn't win a flipping draw all game against the Panthers. Tough. I remember they, that game. When they blew a lead. It was like yeah. 5-1 or whatever. Yeah, but the Leafs have done this before. They've done it with Nylander and Matthews when they were on the same line. I've Lots of teams have done this, so just something to look out for because I think those guys are both pretty solid players playing in a solid third-line role where, again, you're one piece away from making that a really good third line if those guys have good chemistry. Yeah, the Panthers did it last year. They had Giroux as their right-handed center. I can't remember who else was on that line, but they used Giroux on the right-hand side. Um, I do want to piggyback off off of something that you said. So who was the first power play line, or penalty kill line, excuse me? Camp and Marner. Camp and Marner? Okay. All right. Because they also, don't they have lefty-righty as well? I know I, Martin isn't like. I think yeah. Camp, but we'll Camp is like one of the better uh, face-off face guys. guys in the league. Okay, just yeah, he's he can take care of his own. But, yeah, but that's just like point. that was like the best penalty kill duo in the NHL. One last of last year, didn't they? They had Spezza take the face-offs uh, and yeah. then come and off then quick, switch off. Yeah, that was when it was. They did that a lot when I believe it was Hyman as well. And then last year they did it when it would McKay, maybe no. McKayev and him, and mm-hmm. he'd come off, but. I think Kerfoot and Yarncroft can just go lefty righty there, and it makes sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like Kerfoot isn't the best on faceoffs, but like you on get a strong that side, strong every time. side, he'll be at least a fifty percenter. Exactly, exactly. So, and Yarncroft is left-handed, correct? Or sorry, right-handed. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I wonder maybe if he, I don't know, plays like if if that situation happens again, where if the draw is on the right side, maybe the first penalty kill unit that goes out is the Yarncroft. Yeah. I Dalgan think Camp can just take either side. Okay. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what they did last year, no? I honestly, I, I can't remember. I don't yeah, know. That's a, that's a minute detail yeah. that we'd have to look into. But anyways, yeah, and if everything goes to shit, then uh, Kerfoot, Yarncroft can play defense as well. So yes. we got that in our or back Mitch. pocket. Or Mitch. Or Mitch Marner. We did see more. They were they kept rolling it out on Saturday. Once the game got out of hand, they put him out there on defense a bunch. It was, uh, it was fun to see, but... What's I really, about that? I don't understand. Maybe I'm just an old man yelling at a cloud. But I mean, so this is where we should see it. Late in game, like two minutes left, one quick shift. You put Marner on defense, and then you do Nylander, Bunting, Matthews on forward, right? Defensive zone, maybe end of the period, offensive zone. Other team gets caught with their fourth line out there. You quickly put out Marner on defense, uh, and then exact same line that I. How much time would have there. to be left for you to do that? Not my, maybe one shift. Well, That's one, what I, all I would do. A full see. shift of five on five with Mart. I can't. Why? Why wouldn't you just pull your goalie though? That's the. That's the one thing I'm not. No. Why wouldn't you just play the winger on wing and the D on D? I don't. Sorry, I don't understand. Because well, no. Marner's better offensively than our, all of our D. Yeah, but he's also better offensive than all of our forwards. So yeah. why would you take him away from that? No, well, I don't, I don't. So it would just be putting four forwards out there. Yeah, just for more a, of an offensive punch. Okay, that's fine in a very specific, but not yeah. with like a full shift left in a period. 
Like, are you talking about in a period? I'm talking about end of the game. Are we talking about? We're yeah. talking about like end of Joey the first or second possibly period? in a period. Yeah. Trying to get like on a a, a lineup matchup. I, I think advantage I, of it. I think that might be more disadvantageous than advantageous. I agree. If you have one bad rush the other way, now you have a forward playing D on a three on two. That's terrible. That's way worse than any perceived advantage of having an extra right. forward on the ice. Yeah, because rush chances also lead to like odd man rush. I'm skeptical that they're going to actually do this. We'll see. I, I yeah. No, they've used it. A lot. They've used it two games in a row, in and the preseason. So, in the preseason, I don't, I don't know. My my only problem is not my only problem, but one of the problems I have with this is Morgan Riley is not the correct defender to do that with. Is that what they did it with Morgan Riley? I don't know if it is, but like if you're gonna, but if the oh, whole point is to have offense, right. why, like, why not just use Morgan Riley then with just a normal, you know, like I, I, I don't know. If it's you if you're doing that in like legitimate high leverage shifts, I like I. I would, I'd be surprised personally. You know what? Try it out, but maybe in super important games, if it doesn't so work, why would you try don't it in a non-important game? Like well, to see if it works. Then if it, maybe we're wrong, right? There's a possible. There's a possibility that one of us could be wrong and one of us could be right, yeah. right? So, who knows? Uh, right? Sorry, I'm just trying to take all a look good right now. I I think maybe it would work better if it was like a TJ Brody, but then again, like, that goes against the whole purpose that's, of that's Mark Giordano out there. Okay, so you know what? I don't. It looks like yeah, that's Mark Giordano. I just that, that's just a personal opinion. That's all. You already asked this guy to play power play. You asked him to play penalty kill. You asked him to play top minutes, tough defensive minutes, offensive zone draws, defensive zone draws. Now he plays defense too. Like, is that mm-hmm. what you're gonna do in the playoffs? Really? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Personally. Get him out there as much as you can. Oh, but you this? could just do that as a forward. That's what. But have... how about how about this side tangent though? You put Mark Giordano out there. Are you saying that that's your best <laughs> best offensive <laughs> defenseman? <laughs> Is that are you saying if you need a goal, that's the guy you want on the ice? So can you tell me the specific uh, situation that they did this? I, oh, in the preseason, they were just trying to do it as much as they can. Uh, just looks like that's it's a left-handed defenseman out there. I think it's Mark Giordano. Not in the game where everyone got injured in like the the last weekend. How often did did they do it? So there was they did it last weekend and they did it the Montreal game in Montreal. Where they did it end of the period and the puck ended up actually in their end. Yeah, I saw. And, and then, then you had your yeah. eleven million dollar forward going to retrieve a puck with his back to who knows who's coming to like uh, yeah. if I was I'm sorry, if I was random dust forward on Montreal, I would and sp- I would plaster him through the boards. Like it would be a no brainer. So I just Okay, so it was two it was three minutes left in the period. They transitioned the puck up the ice. Um, and then they changed the defenseman. And they put Marner out there. It was a two-one game. Marner ended they, up. They were down two-one. No, they were up two-one this weekend. Okay, well, you can take nothing from that then. Yeah, they if, were just they trying would, it as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, right. And then they did it at the end of the game as well, and they were just trying to throw him out there as much as possible. Hey, maybe I'm just being pessimistic, but I just do not get that at all. Over personally. under five and a half games where we see a situation like that. under. In the uh, season. Under. And I, I, no man advantage situation counts. No, of course way. not. If the goalie's pulled I would almost or, even say any time under three minutes doesn't count either. I'll go, I'll go over. I think they're, they're going to try it a few, more than a few times. Let's do two minutes and 30 seconds to give Joe the, be- the benefit of the doubt. Uh, two know. minutes they, and 30 do, seconds of time dumb, on ice? No, no, no. Sorry. I mean, like, uh, like man advantages won't count. Yeah. Like, let's not count. And, and let's not count the last two minutes and 30 seconds of, of the game. Because that would be another oh, situation. Zero. But that's just like pulling your goal. Yeah, like, it's, just, it's just why aren't you pulling your goal? The last, the last two minutes, sure. Teams put five forwards out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. The Leafs do five forwards and a D when yeah. they pull their goalie. They did. 
I wonder if they'll do that this year as well. They should. They should. They always do. And I wonder if that D's going to be Marchudown. Well, it would be Spezza. Spezza was the the fifth forward. Hey, throw Bunty out there. Bunting, yeah. Bunting's not Spezza, though. But it doesn't matter. I mean, Bunting's... Who's the shot? Like Austin Matthews? Matthews, Marner, Neely. Yeah. Could be all all the shots. And then... Who's the right-handed face-off guy that you use? I don't know. Hmm. Marner. I don't know. We're doing all this <laughs> song and dance, and like they're gonna get swept in the first round or something. It's all gonna right. be terrible. All right. No, no. I'm, uh, but I, I think Bunting is gonna be, get a lot more offensive opportunities continually. Because if you remember last year to start, he was getting None. very few. None. He was on like the third line, and, and I think, then fourth line, and then. Why do you think they'll give him those opportunities? Just out of curiosity. He deserves it. Good. He deserves it. Okay. <laughs> My counterpoint: He is a UFA. So. Let's uh, oh I, I, let's God. let's transition this in, into another point and something else we didn't, I didn't put on the list beforehand, but maybe we should just discuss. Like, do we think we see a, an extension for Michael Bunting this year? Is that a wait and see for oh, off season? That. I would love. What would that. an extension? I'm, g- look I'm like? just gonna say yes because I want that so bad. What would it look like? Well, uh, we heard on TSN today that they were throwing out an eight-year possibility would make sense for both sides because the Leafs can lower the potential cap hit, and obviously Michael Bunting, who has a very Limited NHL sample size would get probably a, a, a level of long-term security that a year and a half almost ago, he, unprecedented. He would have had no, ch- not no chance, but he wouldn't have dreamed he could have gotten that. Yeah, right? So like what four, four and a half? You think? Yeah, that probably like around a three? Hyman offer. Three. Two? Yeah, that'd be great. Obviously, three, but two. <laughs> You're just counting down over there. Three, I, two, I one. I really think in his case, it just doesn't make sense to sign before the end of the year for him. Yeah, for sure. Like, Unl- unless you get an offer that you can't refuse. So. He's going to put up points. If I was the Leafs, I would have tried to sign him already. And I'm sure apparently there's been no talks, but that could be because bunting was like, why did I talk? Like I, this year's a gift for you right now. Enjoy. And then we'll talk after the season. Yeah. If I'm Kyle Dubas, like you have no years left on your contract, just go reckless and let your inner leaf fan out. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) If you want to sign bunting, sign bunting. If you want to extend Matthews, extend Matthews. I hope you want to. Leave leave the cat mess to someone else down the road. That seems like that's pretty much what Tree Living did. That's what Morgan Riley is. So okay, that's I mean that's true. That's kind of is. I don't know. That's kind of what Tree Living did. I mean, like he gave Hubert. I don't know if they extended him, but Huberto ten and a half, Weger six Six and and a half, half, like less than Nazem Kadri seven years. 6.25. 6.25. The only one of those that was abnormal cap-wise was Kadri. Yeah. It wasn't that bad, though. No, no. I, that's what I'm saying. Get. I'm saying in a bad way. Like, in terms of that's a disaster. Down, Like, I think the other Could two are pretty standard tra- or tra- yeah. signings. Like, yeah, especially considering. Market value. Yeah. For sure. Especially Uyghur. That is fantastic. Yeah. Crazy. But anyways. Um what other points do we have? Well, we didn't talk about the defense at all, but it's like kind but of. But what, what is there? It's, it's the same cool. conversation. If you want to listen about what we think about defense, go listen to any podcast last year, and you'll hear the exact <laughs> it's same. It's almost like if something thing. changes for the defense, let the us defense know. literally did not change. Did not change. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see Mark Giordano on the first power play. I agree. Ooh, I would like to see that same. as well. I think same. that'd be a great idea. He has a bet. Uh, well, better shot according to. Sheldon Keefe, he has a better shot than Rasmus Sandin, which is why he was beaten out by beaten out for the power play too. That's why Jordan was on power play too. He does have a great shot, but yeah. but also I think maybe the reason that Riley's on power play one, these rumors about people preventing the drop pass, mm. he is a little more fleet of foot fl- for line. sure. It's not rumors; we've they're s- trying. We're seeing it. So I think one big thing for Morgan Riley is going to be his so ability to enter the enter, enter the zone, the zone. Oh, power yeah. play this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
I think we're seeing more schemes to go around that though, and it's, yeah, it's for looking sure. nice. It's 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 executing well, firing very. As well. long as you move the puck and don't stand still, you'll probably still enter the zone with a one man advantage. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and then the other thing, uh, Nick Robertson is not eligible for the Calder this year. That I thought that was very funny, but he's not. He, no, he is not. He played too many what? games. Six, six games, games two years in a row. Two years ago uh, and ten games last year. Yeah, it's six games two years in a row, or twenty five over the last total yeah. over the last two years. And is Michael there anyone Bunting weird that's eligible this year? Probably. I I haven't looked it up, but there a hundred percent is. I don't know though. Malgan? No, he's actually not. He's not. <laughs> he's, he's not. not. Um, um, all right. On the Leafs, you mean, or no, just in, in general? I'm, uh, anyways. In general. But anywho. Uh, oh, Logan Thompson's eligible. That's one. Oh. Logan Thompson is eligible. That's a sneaky one. I wonder what the... Uh, and he's going to start. Yeah, he, he won the starting job, I think. He did. He played much better than... Plus 2,000. That's that seems like one of those sneaky good bats that might you might get no you know what you probably won't because he's a goalie and people don't really like uh, they when was the last time Flurry last goalie won the Vesna the Calder Calder it's Calder did he win the I don't think he won the Calder he did the did. last goalie look that up I I want to say it's gonna be someone obvious oh it's Steve Mason Steve Mason yep when was he oh, at Belf four it was Steve Mason <laughs> at Belf four one what are the goalies let's see. <laughs> Steve Mason, he's out of the league now. Yeah, Steve injuries. Mason, but Andrew Raycroft. Ooh, Andrew what Raycroft. happened to that guy? What happened after he won that? I, uh, I don't know. He, you know, got traded to a team, and he just played well. I'm sure he won a couple of cups with them and rode off into the sunset. All right, all right. All right. Um, all right. Also, just as we're talking Calder, by the way, has anyone looked at the Devils' projected lines? No. Do you remember my point about Alexander Holtz in the? preseason Ooh, it's currently yes. slated to play with jack hughes and andre Pilat. wow oh man wow to be fair i do believe nico hichier is injured but still i don't see him on there we're not either. putting in we're not doing an asterisk here we're just gonna take that and run with it um any so no thoughts on the d goalies before we move on to more around the league stuff i think we're for me personally i need to see a couple of games on, i only care what joey says league. about the goalies okay. until i watch them <laughs> honestly I, yeah no not not you like yeah. anyone yeah yeah it, it's it's it again it, it jason is right it is a wait and see i mean matt murray's not as quick as samsonov but i, I like matt murray's form more than samsonov like it'll be a wait and see i I'm currently still giving the edge to Matt Murray. I like what I've seen from him so far. Uh, just again, the health. How healthy is he? How how can he stay healthy this year? Is going to be a very very big thing. So I, I will say though, once me and Jason watch one game, we will be challenging you on the goalies. Yeah. All right, go ahead. What do you think about Matt Murray's? Over like how many games do you think he actually plays? Less than forty-five. Jason? Like that's a 45 is a stretch for me between 30 and 40. Probably. Yeah. I think that's where he falls. Do you think it's almost injury, like, a, like, like a 30? It's going to be 35, 35 and then 10 games from Joseph wall. Yeah. Not 10, but 10 backup. Shot, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I asked you guys that over under 10 yeah, and a half. Yeah. Right. So, um, it's a good yeah. number, I think, but, yeah, I I can't envision it not. I will right say now. I I I do see the most leafy possible outcome is what Jason said of Samsonov. Both being, of them getting hurt. No, Samsonov being like really good, good, and Murray Murray being terrible, and then next Dem- year you have another disaster on your hands. I like 
That would fun. be the most leafy thing because it's good, but it's also terrible. Bad. Yes. And it can be spun bad on overdrive for the next. I, I also summer. have one more question about the goalies. What are the odds that both of them start an NHL Stanley Cup playoff game? 55%. I think I think that's likely. Just because 55. Yeah, because I don't think it, both the goalies would have to do a significant amount to run away with the job, one, right? I think that's fair to say. Cuz if you have a a Swayman Allmark situation, yeah. It's, yeah. That's where I'm going. If you have a Flurry Talbot situation, it's like, possible. Like for example, Jack Campbell after the second game, I want to say what, what was the game where we got five or six goals against like if that was Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov I feel like we would switch to the other goalie not saying that Jack right. Campbell didn't play well I'm just saying like, like if you're down 2-0 that's probably they're gonna yeah. switch them yeah you would switch it. exactly what Washington did with the, yes. when they yeah. won the cup so so give me a percentage mean, oh I'd go lower I'd go like 35 percent kind of thing I mean I just really hope both are healthy come playoff time again like that's the one thing that Jamie McClennan keeps saying and whether you like those guys are not, which we do. He was an NHL goalie. He knows about workload and, you know, managing your body and bouncing back from injury, all these mm-hmm. very important things that we don't know as much about. And he's, that is his biggest skepticism around Matt Murray. I think he said he's brought up your one, someone you're a, fa- a, a fan of, which is Kevin Woodley of, you know, the changes in Matt Murray's game. But on the other hand, he also brings up the challenge they think Murray will have to play, mm-hmm. you know, a, a 1A workload this year. Exactly. 1A little, yeah. Like, again, like that's, it's a, it's a big fear of mine. I've liked what I've seen so far. I mean, I haven't, again, the speed is not quite there. He's not the quickest goaltender, but like, again, if the Leafs are able to keep this decor healthy and mind you, like if Jake Muzzin goes out, which I don't expect him to play more than 55 games this year kind of thing. Like you still have Mark Giordano in there, and it's hopefully better than last year's. It's January better than one. Exactly. What was the decor in January? It wasn't oh good. My God, they had no Giordano, no Labushkin. So they traded for him in a, around January. Jake Muzzin was out. It was Riley Sandin, Lilligren. Riley Sandin, Lilligren, Brody, Brody Hall. One more, and it, I think it was a crawl. Was, was crawl it Biasia? No, he was. It was not Rubens, crawl. Was it Biasia, Rubens, and Dahlstrom? I yeah. think so. It was a mix of those three sporadically, something like that. But again, so this year's decor is better if it's able to stay healthy. Like, I think the goalies will fare decently. Yeah, in there, right? And I, the U two were the first ones to say last year about Jack Campbell's decline was directly related to Jake Muzzin's injury. That I and I'm not saying that because I'm sitting in the room with you. That was the first time I heard. It. I listened to everything you could listen to was in this room, and didn't Hell that yeah. prove to be correct? My goodness. Hell yeah. So Wait, Travis Dermott. We oh, oh, Dermott. <laughs> Travis right. Dermott was on this team. Who's that? Is he, oh is he on? God. Is he on Vancouver? He, he got hurt a little bit, so I'm not exactly sure. But in terms of gameplay, it was yeah. Travis Dermott had 43 games played. Carl Dahlstrom three. Christian Alex Biasia two and Christian Rubens three. Seems like he's hurt right now. Travis yeah. Dermott. Yeah, I believe he's hurt right now. That's Wish him all the best. Exactly. Good old new market boy. Uh, what else were we going to talk about? This Around the league. Remember. Let's go. Playoff and Stanley Cup final predictions. All right. I don't know. How do you guys want to want to do this? Do you want to go division by division? Yeah, I think Does that makes sense. Yeah. 
do division top three, and then we'll do conference wild cards. Yeah, and then, yeah. I like that. And then, and then we from there, I think we should each pick like our uh, who will make it to the Stanley Cup final of those teams, okay. and then switch over to the West. So, right. which division should we start with? Should we start with the Eastern. most important division the in the Eastern NHL? Eastern Conference. Yeah, let's do Eastern Conference. All right. So let's start with the Atlantic Division. The best so division. The Atlantic Division, for those who don't know, Boston, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Montreal. Um, I'm just going to start us off here with the top three who I think is going to be in that top three. So I think I don't think it's a homer pick to say that the Leafs are going to come out on top in the division. They were pretty close last year. I um, have them there. I think majority of people have them there. Dom LeCision, big, great, great guy, great modeler, uh, has them as his best team in the league. Um, yeah, so I think... A good charts boy. Yeah, Leafs, but he's from Toronto, though, so we have to add that caveat. He, he likes to sprinkle in some Toronto magic into the model. I think he actually tries to take it out. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, He did this year. Um, did this I, year. I'm honestly just going to keep it simple. Toronto 1, Tampa Bay 2, and I think I'm going to go with Boston 3, simply because Boston... Boston Boston, because I think the injuries to Marshawn and McAvoy are a lot less than we expected, I think, right? I thought we, th- we thought that Marshawn and McAvoy would be, would be out longer, and now they're coming back in December. Is that what you said? They're coming back in December. It was always Thanksgiving. Okay, though. okay. But still, I, I still think that... Wait, Thanksgiving? American Thanksgiving. That's it? That's nothing. That's, That's like tw- 15 games. Yeah. It's end of November. That's 15 games. Around there, I don't know. And I, so you're I, telling me Marshawn's playing 67 games? And I and I, I can get so. them. I and think I, it's December. And so. I can get them at plus eleven hundred on DraftKings to win the division. To win the division? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think they're going to win the division. Mm. But sure. Go okay. off. Sorry. Continue. So yeah, that's those are my picks. If you guys want to debate or come up with your own, if you have. So some. you have Boston number three. Boston three. So, so Toronto Boston's one, Tampa two, Boston three. Right now, as it as they have it on daily face off. Hampus Lindholm, Brandon Carlo pairing one. Derek Forbert and Jacob Jacob Zaboral pairing two. Riley and Clifton pairing three, which is fine. That's a weak top four. Now do Florida. All right. That's where, like, I feel like. But McAvoy's coming back in, if he comes back in 15 games. Yeah. As long as they go, you know, 500. They should be okay, is what I'm thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Because I look at Florida's decor with a guy who has been injury prone, and Aaron Eckblad. Do Florida's D without Aaron Eckblad now? Gustav Forsling, Mark Stahl, Brandon Montour, Radko Gudis, and this flew under the radar. They claimed Josh Mahura. I did yep, not know they that. Did. He's a decent offensive defenseman. So which which a, one of those is worse? One. That's a good debate. Which one of those is worse? I, I think. Just, how is there a debate? It's Florida's worse. Yeah. yeah. So that's Jason. I think, did you think otherwise? No, I mean, no, no, no. I just. I, yeah. So that's like where a, that's where I think there's similarities in Florida and Boston that people are not kind of pointing out here is that you know the Leafs. We we think the Leafs will win. Yeah, because look at the Leafs decor. Maybe for the first time in a long time, you can say this is for sure better than Florida's and for sure better than Boston's right now. I'd say so. I mean, the depth on Boston. AJ Greer, I feel like, is a is an odd one. I heard some hype from Bruins fans, and he's always been 
he was a guy that kind of I think he started in not Colorado, not was it San Jose? I'm gonna look him up. Anyways, he's a big guy. He's got some physical tools to his game, and that's why he was able to start hot in the AHL, get called up a bunch really early, but just was never able to really put it together. Yeah, he's six foot three, two oh five. I I wanna say his skating's okay, but don't quote me on that. Like maybe now he's finally figured it out. I mean, last year he had almost a point a game in the AHL. So that's pretty encouraging. So we'll see what he can do in Boston. It, it could be good. It could be a great depth ad, or it could be just, okay, <laughs> revolving door. Yeah, exactly. So you, who are your top three in the division? My top three in the – Leafs number one, no doubt. Number two, I want to say Tampa Bay. Number three, this is where there's a lot of debate. I was almost counting out Boston. How many games exactly is – American Thanksgiving. I really want to figure this out. That's probably, let's say 18. Yeah, let's call it 20 games. Let's okay. say they're out till early December. That's 20 games. 60 games. Is that enough time to make up? And then they have David Krejci in there. Where did they finish last year? They finished. They finished fourth. Like, is it fair to say right now, considering the losses to Florida's depth, if Bergeron and Krejci come back relatively the same as they were before, you probably take Boston's forward group over Florida's? Um, Hall, Bergeron, DeBrusque. Let's put Marshawn, Krejci, Pasternak, Zaka, Coyle, Craig Smith. That's a pretty good top nine. It's close, though. I know, because Florida's like no the, Anthony Duclair. Right. They're kind of thin. The question thinner, for, for sure. They're thinner. The question for me with Florida, Marshman was a stud for them. How how good is Lindell going to be? Lindell's going to be good. Oh, no, I, it's, I, not, I, it's not Lindell. It's like how good is... Rudolph's balls. Rudolph's balls are calling white and E2 Lester Rang. Yes. Can he, I'm saying, can Lindell lift those guys up? That's what I'm more going with. So that they can, those that he, they can help those guys and use them to replace the production that Marshman gave you. That's what you need. It uh, is. Exactly. I, I think it's a good debate. I, I actually think Tampa Bay is going to win the division. Boo. Okay. Like, relax. You, Homer. You think the Leafs are going to get the one seed and have a good first round matchup? No, because because then it'll be Florida or Boston. Yeah, because it's going to be Florida or Boston. Um, I think Tampa, because they have the best goalie in the league, and that's the most consistent factor in the NHL right now is Andre Vasilevsky. And I think he is primed for a Vesna-type season. He's only won one Vesna trophy. It's kind of weird. He's been nominated for yeah. like probably six at this point. I think point, this though. is the year he probably wins it. Um, he's he's got to get Sorelli back. That's a big thing. But I, I think Tampa, Toronto... And then I'll go with Boston as well. I think I think Florida is going to take a, a little bit of a step back. I think the biggest thing for Florida this year, I think it's it, the Spencer Knight show will be the the thing to watch in Florida because the contract they gave him is not indicative of a backup goalie. So I think if there was a year to really look out for him to take over, this would be the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kachuk, Sam Bennett, Rudolph Spalsers. Like, is Kachuk still a 100-point player No, on not that on line. line? No, he is not. That's a tough line. That yeah. line has some truculence and some some. They'll get into a lot of scrums. Ability, yeah. But, yeah. but is that a – like, he was 100 points last year, and I believe it was Cam Sharon brought it up on Twitter. Like, how many guys that just have that meteoric rise and hit 100 points then maintain that the next year? He's not scoring 100 points this year. Yeah. 
I think we he's can not. all agree on yeah. that one. There'll be a, and a, like, a few less. I love Matthew Kachuk, but last year their second line had Giroux, Reinhardt for Hagee. Was that the second line? Something like that. Like, it was better. Yeah. So, better or Marchman, or I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So, in terms of my three spot, I've got a conundrum here. I, I'm kind of disavowed this, the, the Bruins, and now I'm looking at it. I don't love the Panthers. It's such a weird thing with the Panthers. It's like, could they win the division? Hmm. Could they miss the playoffs? Hmm. If Aaron Ekblad gets injured this year, they are in big, big trouble. Oh, yeah. They have nobody back there. Unless, like, they don't even have any prospects. They traded all of those. So, I don't know. Like, this will be a good year for those fringe teams. Columbus, New Jersey, Islanders um, to really nip at the heels, nip at the yep. butt kind of thing. Even Buffalo, they're pretty pesky. I haven't even looked at their lineup, but I just know from last year they went three and one against the Leafs. Like, <laughs> so every time I watch them, they seem to be playing well. Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, Victor Olofsson, Jack Quinn, Casey Middlestad, Alex Tuck, uh, Peyton Krebs, Dylan Cousins. John Jason Paterka, J.J. Paterka, Zemgis Gergensen, Rasmus Asplund, Kyle Pozo. I think they're still a little bit away, but they're definitely going to be yeah, pesky, peskier than last year as well. So, Yeah, they've got some decent defense. I mean, Ilya Labushkin's on their third pairing right now. Dallin, Matthias Samuelson's a good shutdown defenseman. Owen Powers, young and up and coming. Henri Yoki Haru, we'll see. I don't know. He's kind of – I don't know how good he was last year. Jacob Bryson and Ilya Labushkin, like – that's an interesting team there. Hmm. I agree. Very, very interesting. Okay, I'm gonna go with the boring pick. Okay, I'll go Bruins third, third, uh, Atlantic spot. Sure. Wow, we're so boring. We are very boring. All right. What about the Metro Division? The but I'm not gonna teams? give a pick. I'm not gonna go. Oh, the Sabers. No, no, no. No, no I'm saying it's I don't not, believe it. <laughs> actually, not boring because we didn't take Florida. People would probably think that's crazy that we didn't take Florida. But. Oh yeah. We're kind of well, the, overall the bets, down on Florida. Betting markets have, <clears throat> sorry to interrupt. Uh, the betting markets have uh, ten, uh, Florida as the, the second favorite to win the division at plus two fifty compared to plus two ten for Toronto. Like oh. only forty cents difference, right? And Boston is plus eleven hundred. So Ooh. if we're going to use that as indicators for how people think the team is, how good the team is going to be. That right there shows you there's a people there's a big discrepancy for what people think about Florida and what people think about Boston. I will also say, Brad Marchand, 34 years old, hip surgery, it just really doesn't. That's a fair. It's not a good formula. That's a fair point. That's a fair so, point. So we'll see. We'll see how he comes back. Is he a point a game? Is he 70 points? We'll see. We'll see. But I definitely think this Boston veteran group is is hungry. I mean. David Krejci came back. The last dance, <laughs> like literally. The last dance kind of thing. So, all right. Um, and then we got the Metropolitan. Let's go through that one. You should start now, Joe. All right. Um, my number one seed in the Metropolitan, I'm going to go with the, the Carolina Hurricanes. I think that's also a pretty boring pick, but I really like the addition of Brent Burns. Mike Kelly spelled it out today. Like, Brent Burns has some great, like, Neutral zone breakup stats. Um, he has some great, like, defending the blue line stats. We've talked about that a bunch. He's a very good shot. He's a very good offensive defenseman. 
he's not the greatest defensive in terms of positioning and such, but he uses his range that he has with his his stick to defend decently. And then on top of that, like if what if he plays with Jacob Slavin, as you've mentioned? Like he's gonna do fantastic, oh, yeah. right? So they did lose Trocek, so I am curious to see what they do at center because they added Stasny, they have Kok and Yemi, they have Jordan Stahl still, and they have Sebastian Ajo. And they, I mean, is it crazy to say Andrei Svechkov puts up more points? He was born in the year 2000. Uh, You're preaching to the choir. You know I love this team, the way they're built. Marty Maycash on top of that. Um, Who's the kid that the Leafs should have got but... Seth Jarvis? Seth Jarvis. Andre Kass It would be insane if Seth Jarvis didn't take another step, right? Yeah. So, I I mean, I I think, yeah. Go on. No, I'm going to save it. I totally agree. You made some really, really strong points about Carolina. 100%. There we go. Looks like Andre Kasha is on their fourth line. Solid. So, So, Carolina won. Carolina won. Uh, Number two, I'm going with the Rangers. I just like... I mean, adding Vinny Trocek, I think, was huge for them in terms of their their depth. They still have Igor Shosturkin. That decor, again, it's pretty young. It's on the younger end in terms of their top guys. Like they're And they, they were very, very good in the playoffs last year as well. So Rangers, number two. Number three is a bit more of a toss-up. Like Pittsburgh, that's a lot of 35-year-olds to have on your roster there. Um, Washington losing Nick Backstrom is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. They did have a lot of injury man games lost last year, and they were able to, you know, kind of tread water. They added Darcy Kemper. How's that going to work in there? I do want to say, like, the Islanders, to me, are offensively not good. Everyone knows that. Why not? But a new coach in there, they still have Pelic, Pulak, they still have their goalies. Their right? goalies are very good on top of that, too. Their record after they that atrocious start, I think January on, was relatively good on top of that. Like last year, they just fully shot themselves in the foot by starting 12 games in a row on the road because their stadium was being built. Maybe they kind of push for a spot there, but I think in the I, I really want to see it. I'll go with the New Jersey Devils, number three. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Why is that interesting? Wait, I who, like that. Who'd you say number three? So Devils. So you have Carolina, Rangers, Rangers and Devils. Devils. Wow. I like I, I love think the finally Devils. the Devils you, are gonna you, you propped up it up like you were gonna go with the Islanders and you caught me off guard when you said the New Jersey Devils. I'm like, wait, did you did I hear that incorrectly? No, Islanders are like little nip at a, a wild card spot. No, yeah, I I love that. No, I, I thought yeah, I I'm just gonna say I was gonna pick the Devils to finish in there in there somewhere too. I think that I've been vocally high on the devils for the last couple of not a couple of years but last year i was high on them this year i'm also high on them like i think they had such a such tough tough battle with injuries last year like with especially the goalie position you can't you can't be a good team if you can't find a consistent starting goalie that's just a given uh, yeah they still don't really have well uh, if mackenzie blackwood is mackenzie blackwood. blackwood like mm-hmm. he people forget that he was very highly touted like he's he could be a fantastic goalie we don't know we haven't really seen him put together a full season yet the only season we saw him play was his rookie year and he looked pretty good so maybe if he can be a top 20 goalie top 15 goalie that's enough to push this push this team over the edge because talent wise and team build wise i think they have solid defensemen like dougie hamilton 
coming off of a down year. He broke his hand, was playing through a broken hand for most of the year. They still have hand or jaw or both. I, I, I'm pretty sure he broke his hand. I don't know about the jaw. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, they have David Severson. They have Jonas Siegenthaler, who, who Mm. gave the, uh, defensive defenseman award to, you know, they have a good decor and they have a ton of young, fun, up and coming guys who are going to be playing in their forward group, like Alexander Holtz, like Jack Hughes, right? They're going to be a fun team to watch, and I can see them making making the playoffs potentially. So I I like I like the the order that you went with. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, it looks like like Jonathan Bernier is he Dunzo? I I oh here we are. No, nope. October fourth. Amanda Stein tweeted: Nico Dawes, Akira Schmidt, and Jonathan Bernier all on the ice this morning for their first pract- for the first practice group. But he's on LTIR. Hmm. Who knows? They also have Vitek Vanacek and Mackenzie Blackburn. That's the only thing about the Devils that worry me. I don't like that goaltending duo. No, I, it's I, just mid, 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 mid. That, but we'll see. Like a, they also have John, John Marino. I forgot about that. No, they've yeah. made a lot of good additions. So you have the Devils. The Who's your number one team? The Hurricanes? So I, I would have, well, off the board here, just for a little last dance fun, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Penguins, actually, as the first team, Carolina Hurricanes, and then the New Jersey Devils. But I feel it's going to be a battle for the last spot. I think the division's going to, like, the last couple of years, this division has just been, a, like, very clear top eight, and then kind of everyone else, or maybe top seven, and then everyone else. I think this year it's going to be a lot closer. We're going to see, like, a, a fun battle for the wild card spot in those last couple of, um, those last couple of, uh, Division slots for the Metropolitan at the very least. I got uh, Carolina first. I want to pick against New York because the numbers say, you know, New York wasn't that good. But I think there's also a possible like next step for New York. I like their their top four is really good. Their forwards are solid. They have the best goal in the league. So I'm going to have to go Carolina. I'm going to go the New York Rangers. And I'm going to go the New York Islanders. Number three. Number three. I think people are underrating vastly. How, like you said, the defense and the goaltending. They have two. They have one legitimate top ten goalie in the league, and then their backup goalie has been a top ten goalie in the league before. Before, yes. And he could easily come and give you good minutes again this year. So, and can I say one thing about the Islanders? I agree. In the past, under Barry Trotz, they have struggled to put up big numbers. Their forward group is not bad. It's not bad at all. It's not great. Yes. It's not bad. It's not. Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Anthony Bayouvier, Zach Parise, Matthew Barzell, Kyle Palmieri, Kiefer Bellows, J.G. Pajot, Josh Bailey, and then last line is, listen to this, Matt Martin, Casey Sezikas, and Nikita Soshnikov. Yes, very interesting name that you threw out there. I, I, I think... That is a competent enough forward group. It's not a great forward group. I think it can go toe-to-toe with Washington's current forward group, for example, without Nicholas Backstrom. Mm. And Washington doesn't have the goaltending or the decor that the Islanders have when I look at it. So I got that's what I got. I got Carolina, New York, New York. I'm going to be a little more off the board for this division because there's always something we don't expect. Mm-hmm. And well, it looks like Clutterbuck and Scott Mayfield are day-to-day or injured. And I'm going to just segue right into my continual hot take. I think Pittsburgh and Washington are going to miss the playoffs. I still like Pittsburgh, but I look at a lot of the guys on their team that have are aging and some of them are quite injury prone. Mm -hmm. I think the most important 
player on that team might right now that they need to play well is Jeff Petrie. Like if he doesn't bounce back well, I know they've been able to sustain a not great decor in the past, but you're putting a lot of pressure on your bottom, your top pairing for sure. But if he doesn't bounce back, I don't love the defense as much. Tristan Jari, he's good. I like what he's shown. Let's see if he can show it again. And it's an aging forward group. I didn't like what I saw from Jeff Carter in the playoffs last year. I didn't like what I saw from Kasperi Kapanen. They lose Evan Rodriguez. And Crosby and Malkin have been hurt a lot in the last couple of years. So that's my hot take. I think Pittsburgh's going to miss the playoffs this year. Okay. Okay. That is a lot. of Like, Jason Zucker, I believe, missed time last year. Yeah. Evgeny Malkin missed time last year. Like, yeah. It's, and they uh, don't have that much depth organizationally. They don't have prospects no. coming up. Like, and really all their, their GM has done, which is not bad is they just re-signed every old guy that they have, which is good. Cause like, good. I, I agree with what they're doing, but I think one of these years, Pittsburgh is going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. And, and with that, I got Florida as my wild card and okay. I have the Ottawa senators as my last wild card team. Do you have a caveat in there at all? Yeah. If they trade for a defenseman, but okay. I, I think I'm expecting them to make a move for a defenseman. Because right now their decor is not a playoff decor. You don't think Nick Holden's a first-pairing defenseman? No, I do not. But I really like the momentum they're building there. The other only caveat is I'm not sure they have the right coach to do it. I'm really not sure. We will see. I really like their forward group, though. So let's see if they can do it. It's an extremely hot take. I think my mind tells me just to put Pittsburgh in there, but I'm going to go a little off the board. So what was that again, the two picks? Ottawa, Ottawa, and Florida. Ottawa, wow. Florida. Okay. I mean, I could see. I mean, I just wonder about this third line here. Like Shane Pinto, Tyler Mott, Matthew Joseph. I've heard so well, much hype about Shane Pinto, but I mean, he didn't really play last year, right? So I wonder how. Well, they got to just sign Formington. Um, they. Mm, well, if they. Okay, mm, you're right. There's some things around that. There is an off the ice issue. He's right. He is not signed right now as an Sorry, RFA. I restrict. I, they don't have to, but that is what's missing on their third line right now. However, like I don't see him playing this year. You don't think he's going to play at all? No. Okay. No. I think that I think that invested like it's we're dancing around it, but it, it's in regards to the 2018 World Juniors team that sexual assault case that's going on right now. I think there's still an investigation ongoing. He was. He didn't come out and say it. There hasn't been any players named. However, he has not said anything in regards to not being a part of it. He hasn't cleared his name, and he has not been signed. And we have not heard anything of him since this all came out. So, the old process of elimination. Exactly. So, yeah. I'll allow the uh, courts and the police to go through their due process before but the I thing is i've what anything. i've read is not indicating that this is completely a hockey canada investigation no really? sign yes okay. i just was scoping around earlier today but it probably is like that that probably makes sense mm-hmm. but exactly. then at the same time like drake batherson has been implicated in the things i read on twitter which could be completely false mm-hmm. as well and he's going to play on their first line yeah. People have criticized a lot of things. But yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. Their depth. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, and then their defense is Thomas Shabbat, 
Jake Sanderson hopefully gets better. You know what? I take that all back. I'm taking it all. You, you, I just feel you're right. The, the juju around that team, not Vibes good. Put the there. devils in there. Devils in there. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't put, have the devils in there at first. Well, I just don't like their goaltending. That's true. That. And I don't know. Their forward group got better. Um, it'll depend on a lot of different things in terms of how they can match up with other teams. Very that's going to be an important thing for them. Very true. I think, though, with the matchups, that's more so playoffs. I think in the regular season, you can kind of... There were games in the regular season. It. They just got caved last year, though. That's yeah. But I, I think that's also just goalies? because of the goalies, yeah, yeah. right? And also... Dougie injuries. like injuries. Dougie Hamilton hurt is like so so massive. And I'm not adding saying you're John underplaying Marino, that, but yeah, like, adding John Marino like and also what we talked about with Jake Muzzin 30 minutes ago, having this strong decor like this is a I would say this is a strong decor, right? Jonas Siegenthaler, Dougie yeah. Hamilton, Ryan Graves, John Marino, Brendan Smith, Damon Severson. Damon Severson is your third pairing D. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. So, um, so we're out on uh, the Red Wings. No chance no. on the Red Wings. I'm not yet. shocked not that yet. people are picking the not Red Wings. Yet. I'm shocked. What, what about the Red Wings wants stinks. to put? What, what about the Red Wings makes you want to put them into the playoffs? There's, I want to hear. Not their GM is Steve Eisman. No, no, like people. people I'm like, saying. I think, like, I think it's because, the Steve Eisman effect. No, it's because they have Lucas Raymond and Mort Sider. Both had exceptional rookie years. They're going to hopefully take that next step. And then, like, they have some other decent pieces in there. Verana's going to play a full season finally, hopefully. They added Andrew Kopp. They added David Perron. Tyler Bertuzzi now gets to play in Canada. They added Dominic Kubalik. We'll see how that will work out there. What about Elmer Soderblom? Elmer Soderblom will be fun just because he's so enormous. <laughs> he's six foot eight, I believe, I want to say. Yeah, six, not 6'9". Six he's 6'8". Not as big, so not as big as Curtis Douglas, but like Pius Suter's your fourth line center there. Like it's kind of interesting. They add so the big thing was, I'll just summarize it. They had a young, fun team. They added some pieces to it, some veteran pieces to it. So like maybe they can take a big a little bit of a step. But I mean, look at this defense. Ben Sherat, Moritz Sider, Oli Mata, Philip Horonik, and Robert Hag, Gustav Lindstrom. Yeah. Like that second pairing is not a second it's, it's pairing. It's just a mid team right now to me. Like they're missed. They're, there's still ways like, to go into. Mata Hronik is is a stretch to call that a third pairing. I think the biggest thing for them is to get Dylan Larkin signed. That should yeah. be their goal Ooh, this yeah. year, and not be terrible. And that's a good year. Can I give a take? Yeah, go ahead. I think that the Columbus Blue Jackets finish higher than than them in the standings. That's probably okay. the. Yeah. What's the projected points on those two? I don't know, but that's hey, that's fair. I'm not as high on Columbus as you are. Yeah, we'll see who that first line center is. Hopefully, Cole hopefully it's Cole Sillinger very, very Holy. soon. What hopefully. Do you, what do you guys have for the wild card? Let's hear it. Uh, for the wild card? Oh, I do want to bring it up. I don't see his name here. I don't even know if he got sent down, but I I heard that uh, Johnson was playing uh, some center between Goudreau and A. Yes. That, but uh, I, I wonder if maybe they sent him down to learn more how to play pro center kind of thing. I think it could have been a similar, get the been a, a wa- another waivers type deal as well. Yeah, that too, that too. In terms of my wild card, I'm going to put the Panthers there. I, I mean, they still have some exceptional talent. I think they'll that'll be able to push them through to the wild card. My second wild card, ooh. Um, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I want to do an interesting one. Like I want to say Buffalo, Buffalo, but I don't know. Like everything's just pushing against it. So 
Uh, then does that mean? Okay, I'll go Islanders. Islanders, nice. Islanders. Jason, I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rangers and the Capitals. Very chalk. Sorry. You think Florida's missing the playoffs? Yes. We just buried the lead on this segment. Wow, that is a hot thing. I just, I'm just feeling some very poor, poor goalie goaltender regression. I just don't. I like you guys don't trust the New Jersey Devil goal, Devils goalies. Like Florida Panthers, I don't know if I trust their goaltending situation. Why? The hell? They, well, because they okay, have so, given significant. Okay, I, I get they've given significant money to Spencer Knight. You That's know who else? Got, I was going to say. Okay, well, what? What were you going to say? Well, the Florida Panthers goalies have. Like Bobrovsky has much more of a track record. Oh, of, of course, playing good hockey. Yes, but he also has his down years as well, right? He's, he's a his very down, his much down years would be the equivalent of like an average year for the New Jersey Devils. Maybe even a good year for no, the his, Devils. His down years are better than Mackenzie Blackwood's best years. Yes, correct. but like Mackenzie Blackwood, his entire career has been hurt. You guys, I really think exactly. you're under. That's why him, I don't. I don't trust him. Okay, and then and play. then also Spencer Knight, who is we don't know. What he is yet. We really don't. And I don't think that's true. Right? If I had that's to, to be fair, if I had to rank the goalie duos, I would rank Florida's in the top 10 and New Jersey's in the bottom five. Okay. That's how I looked at it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's what I think. So, okay. okay. All right. I think that's all I had here. I don't know why I keep buying a coffee and then just never drinking it. Just blows my mind that I do this every For the hockey time. cards. I didn't want to give away where I buy it, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. How about the West? Let's uh, let's get oh to the God, West. Oh my God, we still have another. Let's go. To end the let's, episode. Let's go quick. Okay. Um, obviously, num- Central Division. Let's rattle them off. Colorado Avalanche, number one. Yeah. I don't think there's much of debate there. After the number one, though, it's a little. It gets a little bit nutty. It like does. I've seen, I've seen some Minnesota number two, even though they took a step back. Uh, Shit, I have no idea. Why did I go first? Someone Minnesota could be reins. Nashville, or sorry, yeah, Nashville, St. Louis, Dallas, Winnipeg. It seems like those last two spots in the division are pretty wide open. If I were to take a crack at it, I'm going to go with off the top of my head, let's say Winnip- Minnesota and let's see Minnesota and Dallas. That's what I'm going to go with just off the top of my head there. I agree with you. I think Dallas might even sneak into the number two spot. I, I, I like their first line. As long as Ben and Sagan have a slight bounce back, which I'm not even sure that'll be necessary because you had a guy like Mason Marchment. I like their decor even without Klingberg. And I love the goalie, the goalie, that kid, like that's an exciting piece to have. I think St. Louis and Nashville both are due for a little bit of shooting regression there. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll just bump them down a peg. Yeah. There's some, uh, yeah. Okay. So in terms of like Dallas, yeah, I, I do like what you said about Dallas. So no St. Louis in there. I like St. Louis. I think, again, they shot a pretty high percentage last year. I think that was and also with their, their, the way that they played the game. Kind but of thing. They lose it. Losing a guy like Perron is a pretty yeah, big loss up there. That is, yeah, that's sizable. We'll call it. So Buchnevich, I still Robert have him Thomas. as a, I still have him as a wild card spot though. I still have them as a wild card. Okay. Spot. So they're hoping that like Jake Neighbors can really. It looks like Jake Neighbors is uh, the next one up here. I think Dallas is going to be pretty good though. Yeah, I like. I like what they got there. I think all five of those teams are making the playoffs, Nashville included. I, yeah. Yeah, I do. You think the Pacific is still kind of oh yeah weak? 
Very weak. Okay, I gotta take about one of the Pacific teams. Do you want to? Do you guys have any disagreements there? We kind of all agree with Minnesota and Dallas. Um, and oh, after Colorado, I think. Yeah. yeah, I I just didn't even I, I did forgot the third team. In. That's why. Yeah, I agree with you. But you're okay. saying there. So, with the Pacific, I know like they they shocked the world last year. They made the playoffs, even though I don't think they were supposed to. I don't really like what the LA Kings have. Me neither. Their goaltending last year went from very, very hot to very, very not very, very quickly, <laughs> right? And, I mean, you're getting – Drew Doughty started the year incredible. Better – best we've seen him in year, a few years. Not years, not that long, but a few years. He had a pretty big injury-riddled season at, what, 30-some-odd years old? I mean – Previous history will tell you that he's kind of going to be on the decline this year as well. So when you take that into account, I mean, Mikey Anderson, Drew Doughty, Sean Dursey, Matt Roy, Alex Edler, Sean Walker, it's an all right decor there you you got there, but I think the goaltending is really going to drag down the Kings this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't have them in the playoffs personally. Yep. If they do, it would have to be a big step up from some of their young players. We just haven't really seen any of that yet like, like even kopitar is one year older kopitar has kind of sustained his offense dipped and then it's gone back up i think there's a chance it may dip again yeah so i, lo- I love them adding kevin fiala but that's a big that's a huge one i i just i agree with the goaltending i don't think the goaltending is that good and i think we're all projecting vegas to have a bounce back here yeah quentin byfield i'm really 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 hope he can take that step but i don't think it'll be this year Maybe next two years. I wonder who they're comfortable playing that line against. The very odd line: Velarde, Byfield, Iafalo. Yeah, I don't know, but we'll look up if that, those are the actual official kind of lines. Mm-hmm. I wonder. But, anyways, yeah, the LA Kings. I'm not too too. What is it? Bullish on? Yeah, bullish. Yeah, there we are. So, Pacific. I have Calgary Flames number one. I'm gonna go Edmonton Oilers number two. Um. Number three, you're not gonna throw a, you're what? gonna throw a curveball. Oh, man, I hate saying this. Maybe the Canucks. Oh, oh come on. Okay, can I say something that may change your what? According to Daily Faceoff, this could be wrong. The first line for the Vegas Golden Knights is Riley Smith, Jack Eichel, and Phil Kessel. Oh. Vegas went into the division. Yeah. Wow. I think Vegas is winning the division. I think they're going to figure out with the new coach how to properly deploy their defensemen. I think I'm banking on a healthy year from Eichel and Smith and Carlson and Stone. And I think Vegas is going to win this division. Vegas. Okay. Yeah. I'd give Vegas the third spot. I don't know. No, I like the Canucks though. Can I hear your thought process on the Canucks quickly too? My thought process on the Canucks? Goaltending. Bruce, there it is. (laughs) Bruce, there it is. That's all the analysis I needed. That's great. My only thing with the Canucks, I think they have some good pieces, but their decord makes no sense in my brain still. Well, Luke Shen and Travis Dermott are both hurt. I don't know if that matters. No, no, I agree. But with those guys in. Oh, doesn't this make sense? Small, big, small, big, small, big. Okay, ready? Good, (laughs) not not good, not good, not good, not good, not good. Luke Shen's a good shutdown defender. Okay, but as your first pairing defender? Yeah. Don't sleep on Andre Kuzmenko. We had Ethan Work on. He he spoke very, very highly of Kuzmenko. 
Nils Hoglander, we've seen some very good hockey from in the past. I like their forward. Their third line is Pod Colson, Horvat, and Garlic. That is clearly the strength of their team is their forward. And then who's in net for them? Thatcher Demko. Hell of a goaltender. That they rely on. They look. I'll stick with it. Canucks number three. I like that. Vancouver, Winnipeg, Spider-Man meme. Very similar strengths. Very similar deficiencies. With some big horses on the back, like uh, in net. That's I look at those teams very similarly. I wish I didn't. I wish I picked Vegas. I like that roster. Shit. It's a good roster. They're they're splitting up the (sighs) sharing the wealth to Vegas. Looks like with their lines. Good. Yeah. I mean, that, that decor right. is also pretty good. Did Alec I, Martinez. Is Martinez playing? I believe so. He's back. Martinez, so. Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore, Ben Hutton, Zach Whitecloud. Like, essentially what they're doing is what the Canucks are trying to do, just <laughs> with a lot better players. Yeah, <laughs> like, much better. You get that, like, well, Ben Hutton, Zach Whitecloud, not really, but Braden McNabb. I like, I Zach, like Zach Whitecloud. I, I like no Whitecloud, but it's not really that... I, I, I yeah, put, the, I put the, the heart, horse before the uh, yeah. the cart before the horse. Martinez, you get that defensive element to his game, and then Petrangelo, you get that offensive element. Braden McNabb, you get the defensive element. Shea Theodore, you get the offensive element. It's a good mix of both of them. Yeah. Ben Hutton, Zach Whitecloud. I mean, Zach Whitecloud's a solid defenseman, and Ben Hutton's a depth defenseman, we'll call him. Right. right? So I like the defense there. Well, you also, some- no, no, wait. This is on update. Add Nicholas Hag. Oh, yeah. So it's Nicholas Hag, Zach Whitecloud? Yes. That's an excellent defensive <laughs> core. <laughs> That's an excellent defensive core. Nick Waz, their fourth-line center. I know. Keegan Colsar's a good fourth-line winger. Shit, I love this team. Ah. And then Thompson and Nett. Just say Edmonton's well. going to miss the playoffs. No, they're not. Oh, man. We can kick out a central division team then in the wild card for Vancouver. So you want to ki- – no, okay. I'll, I'll give – I think like Vancouver versus Nashville is, for example. Yeah. That's yeah. a fair debate. Yeah. Okay. Just for the record, I have Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, can I, I, knew, can I, I do a redo on that top three sure. or am I not allowed? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd go Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas. Okay. Like I, I – don't know why I just wrote off the, the Knights for some Because reason. they've been a bit of a like annoying team. They have. Well, yeah. yeah. They've been extremely injury. And also, I feel injured. like they, they, <laughs> they paid their dues last year missing the playoffs. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, big time. Uh, let's go with the wild card, though. Let's finish this up. Uh, I got St. Louis and Nashville in the wild card. St. Louis, Nashville. That's not that fun, though. If there's okay. one team... I'll go Nashville, Vancouver. Okay, nice. Wait, let, let me let me say mine first. So I'm going to have St. Louis and the Seattle Kraken. Ah, nice. You knew I was going to say that. Yeah, because you you scoop my Vegas, so I'll let, let me scoop it back. Yeah, okay, let's hear it. Yeah, so the Seattle Kraken, like, a lot, of, a lot of the models, which I respect, were extremely high on them going into last year. They were terrible. Don't get me wrong. But the main reason why they were so bad was because their goaltending was horrendous. Uh, I'm a big goaltending hugger. It it was horrendous. It was horrendous. And like maybe their goaltending is bad again, but again, goaltending is so variable that who's to say that these guys can't have a, a bounce back year. And if they do have a bounce back year, what's stopping them from being a good team? Right? They they added more pieces. They added um oh my god, I'm blanking on his name, Calgary or Burakovsky, uh, Kal- which is Matty Beneers. Matty Beneers. Shane Wright. Shane Wright Shane, potentially. Like mm, you're, the, you're well, that's uh Well he's starting the year on the team. Yeah, but that's after 20 games that's when he'll start to contribute yeah similar but, to what 
Svechnikov did. Remember his rookie year? What do no, you? No, I know. I'm just first saying. twenty games. What do you do? I'm just saying better than their yeah. previous bottom. Yeah, sixers. and yeah. Matty Beniers, he scored three goals in ten games, got nine points. I'm not going to say he's going to be a point per game player for the entire year, but even if he contributes twenty Good goals, player. right? And Calder, you, potential Calder as well. Andre Burakovsky is going to contribute probably twenty to thirty goals as well. You're, you're right. That right there is a big need that this team had before the season, and I think they've. Not that they've fully filled it, but I think both a mix of positive regression and them getting a couple more goal scores could be the proper they got mix some of ingredients. Big boys on defense too. Yeah, I know Borgren's like six three. Carson Susie's like six five. Jamie Alexiak six seven. Adam Larson's six five or six six. I want to say mm-hmm. can't remember. And then like their shorter guys is Justin Schultz, who's like I think six foot, and Vince Dunn, who's like six one. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to to wrap this up. I think Seattle is a, a team to watch out for. Like Jason said, when you look at previous goalie performance, like Grubauer has never been even close to that bet. So either he completely fell off a cliff forever, or a change in scenery. On uh, uh, you know coming off a Stanley Cup final, or or not signing or, that big contract, or the big contract, or any of these things. A right? A little too lazy in the off season. Another thing that's speculation that's not confirmed. I have no idea. Just making that no, up. but these are all great points. Another thing for me that I kind of noticed is they were bad all year, but they were a little more inspired when one Brandon Tanev was in the lineup. He got injured last year. He actually had a pretty good like little yeah, start to the year. Turbo. But yeah. that's a guy, you know, the energy's there. They got some good pieces there. I, yeah. I kind of, I agree. I, I, I still like, that, like the Canucks more than them, but I see what you mean by that. I don't them. know. They'll Maybe we do a little friendly bet. Okay. We'll, we'll see the we'll odds. And I like that. We'll discuss. Do we have anything else uh, on the docket? Stanley Cup finalists. Win, winner. Go ahead, quick. The Leafs. Over. Um, the Leafs. They have okay. to beat themselves. That's so, <laughs> that's, that's like, like not a, incorrect. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Carolina Hurricanes against the Vegas Golden Knights. This is the least podcast, isn't it? Sorry. I'm taking the Avs over the Hurricanes. This is probably the first time in a long time I haven't picked the Leafs, and that's not like a reverse jinx. I genuinely don't think they're going to make it, and I hope to God I'm wrong. All right. Wow. What do you think? What do you mean? About Leafs-wise? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I, I'm, I've actually become a boomer now. I've, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. That's like that's just the mentality I'm going I'm for only, right now. I'm the only Dubasite in the room left. Oh, no, no, not, nothing to do with that. Never said that. Nothing hey, to do with that. Twenty games in, you he know, you know what Ka- I'm going to be. To saying. be fair to Kyle Dubas, he didn't play any of the seven games that they just played against yep. Montreal or Tampa. So or it's Columbus, five Columbus games or Boston or Boston or Boston so. or, or Washington. I, I like know. Carolina. That's a good pick. All right. Okay. I think that uh, covers everything. Regular season starts tomorrow, and we're gonna have. Lots more content this regular season. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go, Lisco.